0: Hello, this is Adam Felt. I'm the artist of Atomic Hercules, and this
1: is 11 o'clock comics.
2: You don't have to be bugging, because that's perfect. Look at you. Dappy, dappy. <laughs> ah, exactly. bucket. House of Buggin That was fun show I enjoyed that very much Although I probably Missed out on half or more Of the references in it I just thought it was a fun show okay. You don't remember House of Buggin? It, it sounds extremely familiar John Leguizamo uh, um, yes, 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 yeah. Yep. And this is not The House of Bugan. This is 11 o'clock comics. Specifically episode 805. And I'm Vince B. You
1: are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Yep. Indeed you are and I am all about the open challenge because I'm Wardlow. <laughs>
2: Uh, he's a wrestler, Vince. I thought as much. Big old beefy boy. TNT Chip. You are not Warhawk. You're Jason... <laughs> War- what? I
1: love it. That's awesome. Wardlow. My name is Wardlow. Weirdlow. Like, like Burt Ward with low at the end. Yeah. Just nothing like Burt Ward, though. No, no. <laughs> Burt Ward is soft. Wardlow is, is-
2: You are not a word ho. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Here again, all together. Thanks to whom? Whom do we thank for all this? Oh, our patrons, of course. Yes! The patrons. Patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics one one, no apostrophe. They are there. Each and every day they support us. They elevate all of you people listening to this on the regular old feed. And what do they get for their efforts? Well, our love, number one. Uh, Two, they get a feed on the Patreon, of including images, audios. Last month, 6.5 hours of extra audio. Um, uh, Extracts from old fanzines. They get pages from old comics. And we investigate all this stuff all the time. They are able to vote or contribute to our book of the month. But best of all, we have a Slack channel. Dedicated 11 O'Clock Comics patron Slack channel where everybody congregates each and every day. And we just uh, eat chocolate and talk about the people across the street. So if you would like to get in on this, check it out. Patreon.com slash a 11 o'clock comics, no apostrophe. Two,
0: and two, shout out to uh, Mr. David L. Nelson yep. for joining the festivities over on the Slack channel.
2: Yes, he's our latest and greatest patron. We do yes, that too. <laughs> you get a, a shout out too. Among other things, we like to give back because they are family. And we wouldn't be able to do all this stuff without them. So we love them. Patreon.com, just go there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, speaking of that, Vince, what are you uh,
1: throwing down your gullet this evening?
2: Uh, This will be repeated until the two cases (laughs) um, are depleted. Oh, I'm rapping. Mm. This will be repeated till the two cases are depleted. It's uh, it's a little off. I'm sorry. Uh, black and tan. I can spend okay. bars over here.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I'm
1: I'm actually having some wine. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, I'm having some imposter, Cabernet Sauvignon. Yep. Nice. I've had that. That is
2: good. What's that about a a 62 rating? 63. It's like three, <laughs> 4.99 a bottle well i
1: is? gotta admit the wifey bought it so. oh so
2: it's good stuff then
1: no she's not as she's not as uh discerning okay. as i am
2: <laughs> that, <So>. obviously <laughs> That's true, very true facts
1: In one. Uh, but so, but it is quite tasty i don't know that i don't know if if it has a rating of any of any import though
2: uh, well i'm sure it tastes good mm-hmm.
0: uh this i am i am too drinking some wine um picked this up over the weekend because uh, the guy around the um, Dylan's wine cellar down by the water, um, he's got a nice section of New York wines. And uh, this is a, this is table rock red from the Hudson river region. Uh, it's from a white cliff vineyard where I have not been to yet. They're located in um gardener, New York, but um, I, 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 I enjoy New York wines more than I enjoy New York whiskeys, sad to say. But this is extremely enjoyable, and I will buy another bottle as soon as I can.
2: Nice. Nice. Um, You said the word Dylan, and you know what? I don't think I've ever asked either of you your take on this person. But as Jason is so fond of doing, the answer is one that could very well tank the ship. So Bob Dylan? What
1: we yeah, doing? yeah. As I recall, I think you said you're not a fan of him, right? Oh wait, no, wait, wait, I'm. I'm, a, I'm sorry, i sorry. Say I, it again. Oh,
2: okay. Seriously, What are we I'm, talking about? I, <laughs> I am a, a super fan of Bob
1: Dylan. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, Bob Dylan.
2: Okay. Yeah. And I just I don't know where either of you stand on him.
1: I got mad respect for him, but I'd be lying if I like said I'm well versed in his catalog. But okay. like I have no I have no aversion to him in any way. Okay. Uh, David probably oh, the I got, same i got my full name
0: uh no i i um i can appreciate i i when i for whatever reason and it's 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 probably the one of the worst songs to associate with him but whenever i think of dylan i think of joker man because i can't get that video out of my
2: head nothing wrong with that song okay no no i love that song
0: but i'm but you know when you think about i, I know this all on the watchtower which of course everybody's made a cover of so there's just i don't i couldn't tell you you know three songs off of any given album right but i can i i i I do appreciate what he's done and and listen i mean he was one of my favorite wilburys so i just i do
2: there's there's that
0: (laughs) so yeah that's that There's my connection that's my gateway dylan uh i was gonna go
2: with jeff lynn but there was dylan so what the hell We'll and was,
0: you know, just there as a ghost, but it was, it, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> And then he popped up in Love and Rockets. What is it's this? Just, he's sitting there, they got the rocket chair going back and forth on the train. I'm like, really? That's that's how we tribute the man? But, uh, it was, uh, but no, no, I, I, no, I'm not, okay. I'm not going to say a bad word about them.
2: Gotcha. All right. The ship is still afloat. Yes, it mm-hmm.
1: Woof. <laughs> Disaster. Dude, I was listening to a, uh, a football podcast, uh, today, and... During the it was a, a the the format is is one person interviewing another person Uh and the host was talking about how important music is to the to the to the guest and said, uh so who's your favorite performer or group of all time? And without hesitation, he's like, well, he's like the greatest rock and roll band of all time is Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band. I was like, dude, I'm like, I don't care. If I thought you were the smartest football analyst I ever met, I would never listen to another one of your opinions again after that. Like, I was like are you kidding me? The entire world of music and that's the
2: imprint that you want, that, that that's most important to you? I... Well, I mean, I can understand it. Oof. I don't agree with it. Unless
1: you're like, unless you're a between 40 and 60 year old white dude from the Northeast that's an indefensible opinion. woman but yeah
2: yeah well okay. i mean yeah yeah I, I well, this think, guy was
1: a guy this was a guy but yeah
2: i think the first four uh albums can hold their own with the work of any artist recording artist ever i'm not saying they're not my cuppa but um there is some brilliant stuff on the first four but then as you know uh careers go he he wandered and strayed and things you left the 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 original yard but there's some really good stuff in those first four albums i will say
1: it, it must be maddening for not forever i'm sure everybody's different but i would imagine a lot of performers uh who continue to record albums but inevitably become known for their classics sure uh it must get frustrating right like because they know when they go to a, when they're performing at a concert like they want to perform their new stuff and the people paying for the tickets want them to perform their old stuff right
2: Right. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but um, I have ears, right? And, and and I know I know a, a well constructed song um, and and uh, well penned lyrics when I hear it. And he has a lot of that Yeesh. on the first four albums. Like I said, not my up, but it's yeah, there. Yeah. It's there. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about some comics. That's why the people came here. The people's champ. Yeah. Right. I, I see what you did there. So why don't you jump off the turnbuckle and, and tell us about some comics there?
1: Well, listen, you know, I am nothing if not a giver. And yes. yes. And <laughs> and I wanted to uh I wanted to make Dab happy today. So I went ahead and read not one, not two, not three, but all four Batman Superman world's finest issues that are out to date yes now i don't need to tell you all if you're up to date on the show because dap has talked about this already several times written by mark wade fantastic art by dan mora i don't know how dan mora does it like the dude is like crazy fast because he puts out like i mean at least 14 or 15 interior issues a year if not more i mean I, the guy is like an absolute machine and is it's on the covers. Is Once and Future on the uh, monthly? It w- it was, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, they you know they space it out by arcs, right? Like it's not
2: oh, they take okay. breaks,
1: but but still, I mean, there was a point, and I'm sure he didn't draw the. I'm sure the timing of when he actually drew them didn't match up with the release, but there was a point for a bunch of months where he had two comics on the stands at every every month because he was doing DC stuff every month, and he was doing Once in Future. Now again, I'm I'm sure he didn't sit there and draw two issues a month, but. But at some point, right, you'd have to kind of catch up. And I still feel like I see his name everywhere. So um, he's incredible. I mean, we've said we've sung his praises before. Yep. So, again, I'm not I'm not breaking any new ground here. But um, listen, it's no secret that I am not uh, a tremendous Batman or Superman fan. Um, but I do occasionally dive in uh, to one or the other. More Batman than Superman, certainly. Um, and I think that probably serves me well with this book, because This is this feels like just the right amount for me of what I need of these characters. Like, I don't I don't need 20 bat books and I'm not throwing shade like I as you guys can see in our little run sheet for the show. I mean, I, you know, I read 15 mutant books a month. So it's like, you know, you love what you love. I'm not saying like there's anything wrong for someone that just wants to read every bat book that's out there. You do you. But for me, um, this was a lot of fun. You know, it's 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 as Dap has said, it's Batman and Superman teaming up for a grand adventure. Um, and I like that they have the youngsters in tow and, in, in in Robin and, and, and Supergirl. Um, I like that at least for me, the villain is new. I don't know. Dap is the villain. Is the villain an existing villain or is it new? Do you know? I am pretty sure it, it was new for uh, new for this book. Yeah. So if, I mean, it was new to me for sure. Um, yeah, so I'm with it, man. I mean, it looks great. It's fun, you know. Wade. I mean, listen, this is Wade's wheelhouse. Wade, you know, Wade. Wade. I mean, Wade is, if nothing, if not a a a very good superhero writer. He he's a continuity wonk. He's a he's not, he's read every I think he's read every superhero comic that's ever been made, and he's committed them in memory. So he's he's he understands the characters and their motivations and what I think importantly what 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 most fans want to see of the characters and want to see them do. So I think it's rare when he misses the mark on a superhero character that he cares for, and he certainly cares for Batman and Superman, in particular Superman. Um, Yeah, it's been terrific, you know. And um, I will say, I feel like there's this ongoing theme now where uh, DC writers want to make Hal Jordan a villain. I feel like it's like every like he's he's one of the villains in DC versus Vampires too. Spoiler warning, but like it's uh it's interesting that we keep getting that happening. But uh, but I'm here for it because he's kind of a dickhead, so. Being a villain is, you know, on brand. Uh, I'll offer my counterpoint when you're done.
2: Uh, it's cyclical. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I mean, right? Yeah, uh, no, I, 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 I mean, so, um, I, I, I just think it's, it's, it's been a, a fun, wild ride. We get a little bit of the, the, I almost feels like obligatory. They have to show you, like, oh, when they first teamed up. I mean, I could do without that. Much like I could do without the, ever seeing the pearls fall on the street again. But that was just a few pages and and beyond that i mean uh, it was pretty intriguing they 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 introduce um you know a group of of older uh like 1500s uh uh elemental heroes from china um that that i think could be cool i don't know if i'm not it's not clear to me whether we are going to get enough of them to to matter in the grand scheme of things but but like i love that idea cuz i like the martial art vibe that they gave off kind of like like the uh like the deadly venoms type of a situation so yeah I'm here for all of it it's you know it's it's I know you and and Hassan and a lot of the other hardcore dc people have been singing this book's praises the last few months so it's 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 been sitting in my uh in my to read pile and I, I I saw that you read four this uh this week because it came out so I thought all right and sat down and uh and plowed through you know all four probably in an hour after dinner tonight and and had a great great time with it so I'm, I'm gonna keep reading it definitely on board with it
0: Nice, yeah. I know that, uh, I think this arc might wrap up with the next issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think there may be an issue or two that someone else comes in to draw. And then I think more is back. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it has been a while. And it really does, excuse me, it really, um, gives you that, or gives me anyway, that, that old, uh, 70s and 80s world's finest feel with these two because, uh, there's, there's pretty much, um, there's and again i'm not quite sure where this falls in if this is kind of like um just beyond or just outside the uh the mainstream dc universe or it certainly
1: it's... feels like you don't need to care at all about continuity right like like this didn't strike me as a superman that's got a kid Right, this strikes right. me as a Batman that that's had six, five five Robins, right? It it, it doesn't, it, it definitely feels a little more timeless than that, which I they appreciate.
0: do give. I mean, they, they give some visual cues because Batman's got the um, it's he, he's he's got the, the the yellow around the oval, um, so he's not he he's not the Jim Lee hush version or 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 the uh, the any. Or even, you know, New 52 or Rebirth, it's it's an older gray and blue Batman. Um, Superman is, I mean, they keep referencing how, you know, Superman isn't uh, as experienced as we're used to seeing him. Robin, uh, it, it almost, he kind of looks almost like the Earth 2 Robin that, that that teamed up with Huntress all the time. Uh, Supergirl is here, but her outfit looks a little different than what we're used to. Again, I mentioned that, um, you know, this was young rookie Green Lantern Hal Jordan ba- based on the, the uniform. So um, it is early days in the DC universe. But again, whether this is actually supposed to be the DC universe we're currently in or if it's not, and that's fine. But they do. It's for somebody who's supposed to have such strong willpower. Uh, Hal gets just like all the other superheroes, except for Superman and Batman, although Superman did, they they all get you know mind controlled by the big bad and and uh, of all the characters you would think who might be able to put up a little bit more of a fight, you'd think it would be green lantern but as as jay said you know he he attacks our heroes and and yes he does come i mean he's he's very arrogant and 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 his his uh his speech is very much dick like so i mean it is he he is it's very easy to i guess write hal as as a prick because he is he's 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 basically he's you know he's 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 a Republican in space. He follows the rules. It's he's a cop and 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 he's he's stiff. And and why I was drawn to him, I couldn't tell you probably just because I was as well. But it it it's it's not unique to see how portrayed the way he is in this issue. But they it's it's also weird to me that uh, how easy. Superman and Batman were able to get out of the predicament they were in, but what I, I I didn't mind it because as soon as as soon as it happens, we kind of sort of get a new take on an old world's finest character, the composite Superman, which I. Love that corny shit, but this this just looked really cool because Dan Moore has got a slick yeah, design Yeah, is fuck. I mean, and and I I'll buy that action figure. McFarlane needs to make that, and I'll buy it. And it's um it's a really slick look, um, but uh, and 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 it's a way for Moore to basically draw everybody because not only did we get the Doom Patrol as as we did in the early issues, but you know we we get a, a kind of a mashup of the Titans and the justice league we've got black canary we've got green arrow we've got martian manhunter and, and kid flash and it's it's just and tornado yeah i mean we get everybody in it and and so it is it's it's and even with the double page spread when you get the the, the title of the issue with the credits it, it, it's meant to feel like a big summer blockbuster and and wade can write that and more can sure as hell draw it so um it is. It's basically just echoing Jason. It's 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 a great first four issues. I I'm, I'm can't wait to see uh, where we go. It's a great cliffhanger at the end of the fourth issue because um, you know it's it's uh, there is some another is reason drama? I think
1: this isn't like in pure continuity, right? Cause, yeah, I mean, obviously they can get him out of it, which maybe is what happens. But but the implication would be like, oh, okay, well, this isn't what happened in the DC universe proper, right?
0: So we'll see it, it's 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 a fun uh very entertaining uh story. So yeah, I I think it as far as I'm concerned it kind of works in their favor. And, and DC does this a lot more more than Marvel does. Although Marvel will do it, but um but it's nice to just have that little random story that's not tied into anything with existing characters that, that you do know from elsewhere and, and you know what they can do so you don't have to get bogged down with their origins and and who is this person and what do they do. It, it's it's all right there on the page. Yep. And, and you can just, you know, read this little one off story. And
1: And it and- was definitely cool seeing them interact with the Doom Patrol, like you said, and yeah. and I cracked up when Batman takes Calder to task for spying on the heroes. <laughs> Seriously? Um, Please like are you Bro, is this pre Big Brother or Brother I? Because like, goddamn, bro, you 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 mastered that craft. That's where I got the idea from. Son right? Of bitch. But
0: yeah, it, that's. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely. I'm so glad you dug it.
1: Mora's a goddamn beast. Like, I mean, he's you know, it's like this in particular for some reason. This looking at the line work here, it reminded me a lot of like. Mora seems like he fits right in with like Panogian and Scalaria to me. Like that 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 that's cool. I'm not saying he's like beneath them. I'm saying like they could all be hanging out in a room together. Yes, here, you know for sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: I don't know if if uh, if if I was going to try to have a successful cross gen, I would just try to get uh, Mora, Jorge Jimenez, John Timms, and and just have them crank out as as many issues as possible.
1: Yeah. And I think it's safe to say that Phil Jimenez could could whoop Jorge's ass. I think.
0: Uh yeah. Well, he's he's definitely got the you know he's got the experience, the age. Yeah. I uh, I mean I, I, mean, I don't know if you
1: saw that, but uh, but Phil Jimenez posted a picture. I guess it's his 50th. It's the thirst trap. Yeah. So he posted a thirst trap because he turned 52, <laughs> yeah. and the dude is like pro wrestler big. It looks like
2: Warlord. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. It's like put your shirt on. Whatever. Oh my God! Wow, brother. Right. Okay. Would you ever Your take photo. a a photo shirtless? Yeah, if I look like that, yep, one hundred percent. Maybe I'm a <laughs> bit more modest. I don't know. It, I, yeah, I don't, it, oh, I I don't, don't look
1: like that. If I look like that, it absolutely be 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 suns out guns out, dude. To be <laughs> I mean, hell yeah.
2: Okay, there you go. <laughs> the dude is joked, man. He's putting in the work. That's nice. That's nice. God. I like that. Respect. Much respect. respect.
1: Yes, <laughs> the world's finest. It's it's. I hope. I I assume it's selling well. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know sales numbers anymore. But I don't look at them anymore. But I I assume, given the the people on the book and the quality of the book, it's yeah, hopefully it's a hit. I'm sure it's selling well.
2: You never know. It, it's yeah, a know no lose situation.
0: Well, yeah, yes, because it is Batman and Superman, but it's not tied into anything, and it's yeah. it's. <laughs> I don't that's know a if, plus. I, from us, yes yes for for us old heads absolutely but uh when you have when we were younger and we wanted to read everything that connected to everything it's it, it could be a detriment to the, that audience
1: But doesn't it amaze you i'm sure in our in the annals of our decade plus history we've talked about this before but it does amaze me how certain characters just can't sell well and and certain can right like every month when we do the previews i i there are at least twenty-five plus Gotham-themed books, most mm-hmm. of which have Batman in them. Uh, clearly, DC wouldn't do that and wouldn't do it every single month if there wasn't a, a robust demand for as many bat stories as they can crank out. But I mean, you you're hard pressed to find more than three Superman books in a month, right? Like, like that's it's rare when that's and it's just like when I think when the average person who's maybe not a hardcore comic fan, Batman and Superman are on equal footing in terms of iconic, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and, you know, Marvel has its own versions, right? I mean, ca- you know, Captain America and, and Iron Man and Thor have never sold all that particularly well. Um, I mean, there's, there's been moments where they have, but, but generally speaking, they've never been great, great on their own. So it, it just amazes me though. cause, cause I would argue that, um, maybe Batman is the most iconic superhero now in, in today's modern era, but, but Superman is certainly number two if he's not number one.
2: Yeah. I think I have it figured out. Mm-hmm. What? The greatest Superman stories, uh, not only the greatest Superman stories, but some of the greatest superhero stories were produced during the Triangle Era of Superman. Uh, mm. They've already been told. So it's like,
1: I but think... But is there a Batman story that's never been told? I mean, would there been 2,000 Batman comics at least?
2: Yeah, but I mean, the the formula lends itself to gotham and certain villains like reappearing how many damn joker stories but the, the 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 superman mythology is so diverse i'm not being facetious when i say the triangle era was the best and worst thing that ever happened to superman mm-hmm. because they showed wheezy and stern and all those all those uh, creators showed everybody how to do superheroes right and now it's like well what do we do we killed them we created the best villain in in all of superhero Ooh. comics. Uh, w- what do we do now? Oh God! <laughs> you can't hey. go up from there. It's so it's. What have a- you been reading, Vince? All right, um, I have something that set my soul on fire.
1: I feel like every week you you're, you've been on a good streak. I feel like every week you come in with something that really got you going. It's well,
2: it, it it's it's a no brainer because uh, it was written. And illustrated by the team that brought us Thumbs. And if you remember, we, well, at least Dap and I, we really enjoyed Thumbs. Uh, They also did The Few. Uh, The writer in question is Sean Lewis. And the artist, man, this guy's a maestro. I have brought his name up um, with increasing frequency. It's Hayden Sherman. I love this dude. Yeah, I uh, think
1: uh, a, a love child of Paul Pope, uh, as I see
2: it. Illustrator of Chicken Devil. I mean, we've we've talked about a lot of his books. Um, not only is he adept with line and mark making, but in terms of color, oh, this. He, here's the best way I could I could uh, describe his his color sense. He. Kicks convention out of the door. Get out of here, you little shit. We're not doing it your way anymore. Your are it's boring. We're doing it the Hayden Sherman way. And he just turns um, color theory on its ass. Uh, he takes a lot of risks. He does a lot of atypical color pairings or or uh, tertiaries. And I think the guy's just incredible. I don't think... Uh, the The Hayden Sherman bomb may have exploded, but the fallout is going to take a while for everybody to pick up on it, because I just think he's amazing. And in years and decades from now, you're going to be like, this is where Hayden Sherman started. And he's incredible. I'm not being facetious. I think he's that good. But anyway, it's called Above Snakes, and it's the first issue. And it's a Western, Jason. It's a Western.
1: I read it. I just didn't put it on my list yet, because it was the last thing I read.
2: Oh well, I don't have to be too specific with you then. Uh, see, there's something going on here, uh, and 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 maybe it'll play out in my brief summation of the issue. Uh, maybe it won't, but well, let's see. The the there's a character, a host of sorts, uh, named Doctor Tomb, and he's a traveling salesman, and he hawks all these these uh, snake oil. Uh, remedies and cures but he's telling you a story on top of it he says i'm gonna tell you the story of dirt and dorothy and he's he is in the middle of a desert and it's called the genesis desert okay it's 1866 so who's dirt well uh, dirt is or was a soldier and he was pulled into war and while he was fighting the good fight his wife was killed, Dorothy. She dead, um, and and uh, he's on a quest now. Vengeance. He must eliminate those, what killed his wife. Uh, and his only friend, is a golden vulture. That speaks, named Speck. Dirt is what you call uh, in this reality anyway, a blood runner. Who's uh, a person? And there are many. There's there's a, a bunch of blood runners in this book. Uh, a person on a quest to bring down those that have wronged them or taken something away from them. He's thirsty for vengeance. Um, he craves justice for his dearly departed Dorothy and the culprits. Well, it's in the title: the Above Snakes Gang. And they are thankfully they're they're dumb because they're easily spotted by their black bandanas. Hey, let's give everybody a way to tell us apart from the other people why okay um there's a bunch of them nearby, and they're they're all holed up in a town called Lazarus, and this is where I'm thinking that the creative team has something bigger than um a mere you know story of vengeance planned. Because uh, very early in the in the, the tale, Lewis gives us a, a tease as to what may be the mechanics behind Above Snakes when he says, uh, it, it's dirt doing this monologue, and, and he says that the Genesis desert was built upon the ashes of the Garden of Eden. So you got biblical stuff flying at you from every direction. Lazarus, Garden of Eden, Genesis. So I'm thinking there's something um the story will widen conceptually at, at some point. Jason, did you feel the same way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's certainly allegorical uh in some way. Although I I must admit that uh like I don't think I, I fully grasped where they're going with it, but I was okay with that. Like I think probably that's it by intent. Like uh, I, I
2: Yeah, cuz that's the problem. It's a story yeah. within a story because um you you have the narrator in the beginning, Doctor Tomb, telling you, "I'm going to tell you the story about Dirt and Dorothy," and Dirt takes over and tells you a completely different tale than the one originally um, delivered by Doctor Tomb. Because on uh, so Dirt is, is uh, my wife is gone, I got to get these guys. Uh, so he's on the way to Lazarus. He runs into a woman, and. Oddly enough, now we're in the middle of a desert here. Uh, this woman is burning wood in the blazing heat. Strange, doesn't make any sense. Uh, the the lady's far pressed past, past her prime. And it turns out her daughter was taken from her by a nasty member of the above snakes gang called Cobber. And uh, the man turns the chase into whores. Whores. Um, He profits from the flesh of their sweet baby girls. So Dirt pledges to get her daughter back and kill the men what done the deed. See, there's vengeance upon vengeance upon vengeance in this book. Uh, But the reality of the situation is far from the fiction that the campfire woman told. I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, rest assured, you got blazing guns. Body parts are hacked off um speck drinks his fill uh, he seems to be fueled on the blood spilled in the act of vengeance he's a talking vulture and he's golden like there there, there are other concerns in this book and and uh then dirt reminds us that dr toom pro- promised us a, a totally different story and that's the first issue and it is awesome uh i enjoyed the story very much i'm a sucker for a western especially one with uh, supernatural overtones but for my money the real star here is hayden sherman i'm not gonna lie i think the man is magnificent um i can look at his art far beyond the confines of the story
1: two two things one uh well three things one, we were just a few months ago all riffing about how we need more Western comics. So I'm sure with you there. Yes, that's why I gave it a try. Uh, and I will say, as you know, I was not a fan of Hayden Sherman's art in that Chicken Little book or whatever it was. <laughs> Chicken what? Devil, Chicken Little, Chicken Devil. <laughs> and uh, so I was gobsmacked at the art in this book. I I, I don't know I don't know what it, I don't know why him drawing two average dudes at a in a in a restaurant. Didn't work for me, but drawing this book in uh, uh, a, I uh, think an I, allegorical western did. But I, I and I and and you scoffed at my comparison to Paul Pope. I would, I wanted. I'm going to p- show the first page of this book. It's, it's on it's Slack, in. and people and 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 I defy anyone to say that it doesn't look like Paul Pope. I
2: I don't believe it does. Yes, Please. but the first. See, you're 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 tipping the scale. In your direction, because this character with the, the the mane around him, that's very Paul Pope looking in design, but the way that Hayden makes marks and lines does not look like Paul Pope. Right, agree to disagree. okay. We're good. Hey, it's 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 a wonderful well, construction. I, mean, I love
1: Pope, so I'm, I'm paying the man a compliment. I'm not... I'm, I mean, well, I, I don't... Maybe I was just... Maybe the subject matter of Chicken Devil turned me off. Maybe I was in a bad mood when I read it. I but, think you're just a I,
2: victim of the moment. You were just not feeling it. you just like, you're, fuck you're, it. I, I, I hate this book. Because I loved this art. I thought this looked great.
0: I think your hang-up also with Chicken Devil was that you felt it was just such a blatant ripoff
1: of Breaking Bad. Oh, for sure. But that that's more about the storytelling. I mean, I, I remember Right, just, but it's not
0: going to... It's not going to tip it it in
1: any favor,
0: regardless of of how great it looks.
2: See, and I can't even um, approach buying Hayden Sherman original art, because for me, the Hayden Sherman package is the line and the the color. I would have to have, uh, I mean, I would have to commission him to do color work for me, because I think, I mean, I'm not saying that there's uh, a shortcoming with either alone, like, his line is gorgeous, his colors are brilliant, but together, oh my goodness. Like, I think this guy is, he's Kryptonian. He's like a Kryptonian illustrator. He's got mojo that you ain't even going to see yet. It's just going to come out in time.
1: Yeah, there's been some interesting stuff with colors lately. I know we um, I was very taken by, by Bloodstained Teeth's color palette as well, because that too was very much out of, out of the norm, playing a lot with those really hot colors that don't normally get, put together and i thought that made made the book much more distinctive than it would have otherwise been if it was traditionally colored so i'm with you i i I think um it can definitely go wrong like a book can oh easily so and i to to your point i think there is you kind of have to be a color theory master to be able to successfully break the rules and still have it look good
2: that's what i'm saying when when every color ever conceived is at your fingertips digitally the you run the risk of too much mm-hmm. uh, how how far is too far right but it takes a real um virtuoso like sherman who knows his limits his limits which are not the limits of everybody else obviously because i don't think anybody manipulates color like this on a page but he knows what the scene with uh, the sequence requires he knows how to get that personalized visual styling down and he yeah i can do 13,000 shades of of magenta ish but i'm not gonna cuz i only need two that's the 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 instinctual limitations that he imposes upon himself and he's smart because they work uh that i'm the 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 panel with the two guys in the saloon firing the guns with the the ice blue and the, the magenta creamy pinks oh my god I love that panel in fact that's going to be our our uh, episode art for this time around just because I can't stop looking at it and Hayden Sherman's a young buck right yeah 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 like early 20s right uh, st- I don't know I don't I don't know I don't want to know if he's that young I'd be like I'm just done Day, I'm digging the hole I'll see you later it's been nice. He's, tw- uh, he's 27. Jesus, stop. <sighs> okay. Above Snakes, number one. You get uh, a tease of a larger tail, and you get a fairly complete smaller tail. And it's wonderful. From Image, go get it. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm yeah. with you. Yeah.
2: It's a thing of beauty. Word up! a word. I like it when we agree on stuff. See? Maybe Tony was right. What did Tony say? Uh, I don't want to get into it. Oh geez, okay. <laughs> was this off air? Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe.
1: Oh okay, wow. You'll yeah. have a little back channel. He
2: Tony's what? very concerned how I tease you. Oh, he's ridiculous. He's, he, no, no, he's like it's escalating. <laughs> that's oh, that's absurd! <laughs> so I said, to, I what? said to David, I said, well, maybe I should be nicer to Jason. Oh, and wouldn't you guess. know it? Wouldn't you know it? You like a Hayden Sherman book after maybe I was that's... nice to you last week. So I guess I'll just be nice to you all the time. You, you'll be reading, you'll be reading my my friggin' succubus and hitman book very soon. Hell yeah! I'll be, I'll be like, yo, fam, let's do it. The two book of the month on Gold Digger. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm coming. <laughs> oh, shit. What else do we have here? We gotta keep well, this I don't, I don't want to go
1: deep dive because especially this just came out and actually someone unfortunately spoiled the big reveal on our Slack channel today for some people. Uh, Dapa Dap stepped in and, uh, and oh, edited it. Oh, post was it.
2: deleted? I saw a post was deleted. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, but but I will say that, uh, you know, as the resident uh, guy who, who never stops reading the uh, – the mutant books. Um, I will say that, that I was not alone in a being sad and b worrying when Hickman's run as showrunner ended. Um, you know, I mean, uh, certainly we all know that it didn't go as long as he had planned and, and the reasons why are neither here nor there, but, but, uh, but we are in a new, a new era now where, where, where there are different people at the helm. Um, you know, Jerry Duggan writes the, the titular x-men book and then uh-huh. kieran gillen is is uh you know i'd say the 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 other main writer in as much i mean there's lots of people writing these books so i, I don't want to give anybody else short shrift but but i'd say those two are it seems like they're the ones that are kind of crafting the broader direction and i just have to say um that uh, much like you know like the superman books always curl dabs toes lately i i I am super relieved and impressed with what's going on with the main X books. Uh, I, I I read Immortal X Men number four, X Men Red number four, uh, X Men number twelve, and um, and Hellfire Gala number one, which is a oversized one shot that came out uh, today actually, uh, and, and they're all straight bangers. Uh, th- they looked great, and and the thing that I like is. Um, everything that you need to do right in an X book, these, these, these series are doing, um, which is you got to have great biting acerbic character moments where they give each other shit and they clearly know each other. And we got that in each of these where I like I was, I was some of these dialogue panels. I'm like, God damn, like that is, that is a writer who understands these characters and, 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 and how these characters feel about each other. Uh, and then two the, the, the thing i was most worried about was whether or not with hickman's being gone and and we all picture this you know him having this room where he's got uh you know uh like like string theory and and connections and lines and arrows and everything is connected and um that 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 broader deep narrative would go away and um and i certainly was prepared for that because i don't know that anybody in 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 modern comics is as uh, focused on that kind of intricate long-term storytelling um, as Hickman is. It's kind of his thing. Uh, but I have to say, at least for right now, they're doing a great job with it. They—they they, Everything is connected, uh, but not at the expense of each book having its own vibe and characters and story. Uh, and it's all making sense, and there's aha moments, and uh, I just I, I couldn't be more pleased. And I think, too, uh, whether it's by design or or credit to the editorial team or just, or just dumb luck that everyone they have drawing these books is absolutely killer. Uh, they just have a great stable right now of ongoing pencilers, uh, and inkers. And it's just, the books all look great. Uh, and I just, I couldn't be happier. I I think, um, you know, I just think, I think right now they're just hitting it on all cylinders. And and I was really worried a year ago that we wouldn't be able to say that. So, uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of X books, uh, you know, there's probably what twelve to fifteen uh, right now. Um, I and and I think others are definitely good too for me. But but I think if you if you are like most of you, including you two, that you just don't have the time or budget or inclination to read lots and lots of mutant books. Uh, I really do think you can you can be reading uh, certainly Immortal and and the titular X Men. You could just be reading those two books and be getting just great comics. Uh, I would I would also be reading X Men Red, but that is its own thing right that that mainly has been taking place on 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 mars on our on uh you know on Araco. so 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 that's although that is also connected it's 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 the one of the three that you could probably do without if you were if you only had an appetite for for one or two x books but but uh yeah hot damn thumbs up to to to, to marvel for keeping the train rolling at least for a while
2: i think it's amazing that we can uh the three of us read x universe books and we think they're great and our trails almost never cross. Yeah. Like, well
1: I read, I, I read all the books that you like too. I just I just don't view them as the best, that's all. Right. Well I mean, I read all the books. there's not one I don't read, so
2: Right. I mean I think Legion of X is a lot of fun. Uh what's the other one? Swords uh Swords of X? The the Yep, sort of. Yeah. Sword of X. Sword of X. Uh, I, I like Wolverine. I think Wolverine is, is kind of fun. Patch is really good.
1: Yeah, I don't include... Uh, yeah, Patch has been fun, it's absolutely. Good. And it ties into our, our Book of the Month we just recently did. But, right, uh, right.
2: I like, I like Marauders.
1: I like Wolverine book is fun again, yeah. Yeah,
2: Marauders is very good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, New Mutants is still kind of fun. I, I think it's gone on a little too long. hmm But um, the formula is still... Has a little bit; still has a little gas in it, I guess. But that's the. But I I think that what Hickman did, the infusion was so uh, necessary, number one, and and um, robust that they could be uh, using the the inertia he created for for
1: years and years. (laughs) You know, again, I'm my 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 praise here was intentionally lacking in detail because uh, these books are fresh and i know a lot of our listeners are into them so i don't want to give away books they haven't read yet but i will say because this is not this is not a spoiler of the week this has been going on but i I, like to your point one of the things that they clearly decided at the last retreat or the post hickman retreat was uh and this had been building from the very first issue of 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 Duggan's x-men and again we just finished we just got issue number 12 so so we're a year in now um is that uh, because the X-Men were based in the, – the team X-Men were, were moved back to New York and were doing the public hero thing, um, you know, Ben Urich, who, of course, is is in the Marvel mythos, this fantastic investigative journalist, began sussing out a story when he realized that he saw Cyclops killed during a battle in Manhattan, and then suddenly he was back. And uh, the, the entire crux of all of the main books is now that the world is, is – not just the world, the universe is now aware that the X-Men are – that mutants are, are immortal, that they have figured out a way to bring themselves back from the dead. And certainly that was the big – that was one of the big things along with the creation of Krakoa that Hickman laid the groundwork for. And I remember listening to an interview Hickman did at the beginning of his journey saying that the impetus for him creating that idea was because he was so sick and tired of the trope of, of of character deaths and how meaningless it had become because character deaths never stuck. And so he wanted to, by giving the mutants immortality, he removed that ability of it being used as a crutch, like an aha moment when someone dies. It's just like, because you know now if they die, they're coming back most likely. But I like that, now that he's gone, they've decided to take that to the next logical step, which is that if if any group of people figured out a way to be immortal, imagine how much consternation that would cause. To the groups that are scared or hate that group, of course, that's like threat level alpha. They, they, it's even more reason to to rally and try and eradicate them. To To other people of power, that's something they covet and want to either get in on two or make a deal or try to figure out how they can have it. So that's really the groundwork in each of these comics is dealing with this revelation of the world knowing in its own way. Right. Like, um, and, and, and it extends even into the, the cosmic universe because in, in one of the books, uh, Zandra, who is the current leader of the Shi'ar, she's also Charles's, uh, Charles Xavier's daughter. She's assassinated. well, suffice to say um the Shiar, when they when they when she's assassinated they approach all of the other galactic leaders and say hey zandra's um, been killed nobody knows yet but uh, hey you know storm cuz she's the she's the regent you know for like she's kind of the the envoy for 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 earth to this to this galactic council hey uh you know wh- what's uh maybe we can you know maybe maybe we can resurrect her right and, and like, she's like, well, she's like, first of all, it only works on mutants. Like, it's it's not something we can just do for anybody else. Second of all, uh, like I don't like it's already done. Zandra's already back to life, and they're like, what? And she's like, she's Charles Xavier's daughter. Like when Zandra was killed and sent out, you know, a a, a, a sonic scream do you think that charles didn't hear that and do you think that we didn't rush she's a mutant like she's the son she is a mutant she's the daughter of charles here do you think that we didn't resurrect her and she's like and, and 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 she's talking to like the heads of the shiar the kree you know all the global like like t'challa with the wakanda Ontario galactic count like all of the, the the galactic leaders and she's like by the way we don't need your fucking permission she's like we're, mutants do what we want. Like, like it. You all have no say in whether we resurrected her or not. Like, like it was not up for consultation. And I'm just like, damn. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like that's just because the thing that Hickman did is he reminded everybody like they're gods now. Like, they do what they fucking want. Like, they don't answer to anybody else. They don't owe anybody an explanation. Like, they do what they want. I love that. But like the every book is dealing with this in a different way, right? Like in one of the books, like the world leaders are like, hey, what what you know, can I get some of that? Like, can I get a little something, something, something? And of course the mutants, like, nah, dude, it, it's only for mutants. And you know, it's just great. Like I just love that there's this continuity throughout the books of but each one is dealing with it in a different way. And so it's just really smart and really well done. And um and it even ties into the event, which I'm I'm still gonna hold I'll hold judgment on that until we, we. I mean, the the event's not out, but we got the prequel, sort of the zero issue for uh, for for AXC Judgment Day, which is Avengers versus X Men versus Eternals, and the premise there is that the Eternals, who themselves are are are, in as you as we know from the name, are in fact immortal, because uh, every time they die they're resurrected. Um, they are having none of the of the idea that the X Men are immortal now. Like they just don't want it. And remember that the Eternals. um exist the celestials created them to protect celestials protect the earth and and eradicate excess deviation right which is why they're always fighting and killing the deviants well it's not much of a leap for the eternals to conclude that that mutants are are, are, are deviations right so now they have this group of, of deviants who also are immortal and they're having none of it so like even that I'm like oh that makes sense because I was like why would the Eternals and the X Men fight but like it actually makes sense I'm like okay that's actually pretty logical in the Marvel Universe's way of thinking of things now I don't know if the event the event might suck I, I have no idea if the event's gonna be any good but but I, I at least I'm like okay I'm with that like, I appreciate that like like I get it now that makes sense why they why they'd have beef with this so it's great like I just think it's really well thought out and uh, and a lot of credit goes to whoever again I don't know if it's the the editor of the X books now keeping everything tight but. But uh, yeah, they're they're they killing it on all cylinders. So I'm really really pleased. And you know we are in a middle we are in the midst of a multi year run of X books that we haven't had, at least in terms of the average quality of the book. We I don't think we've had since, um, I mean since the that 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 Claremont burn and then that post era like that next like five years. I don't think we've had had a an era since then where all the books were as good as they are right now.
2: Look what you did, Dab. Me, <laughs> don't even. I love it when he goes off, it's but great. I I think you're right. You are correct. X mm-hmm. book X books are good. We haven't seen it in many 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 moons, and it's yep, a it's a it's a good feeling. It's worth praising. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: this uh, this Hellfire Gala issue that I said was spoiled. It, for, it, the the conceit of the issue is that uh, much like last year when the gala they introduced the the X Men team. I guess it's at least for. Aver- theoretically every year the hellfire gala is going to unveil the new x-men team now i i say theoretically because you know will they continue to do this two three years from now when someone else takes over the writing tours? i don't know but true to form the gala issue unveils the new x-men team and i will not say who's on it because that was what was in fact spoiled on our slack today unintentionally so but uh, yes we do find out who the new team will be for the next year
2: Nice. Hopefully, one of them's cable. <laughs> no, <Nah.
0: laughs>
2: I will say it, no. No cable. UHS. <laughs> no. <laughs> Betamax. Beta Come on, that was good. Ah, Dap. Drive the bus.
0: Uh. So I'll um. Pick up on the. Uh, the the. the DC's little pocket universes uh, that we started off with, um, and I also have to wonder um, if, I mean, I still enjoy the man's work, and I'll I'll check out anything he writes. But I do wonder if these days, with everybody else writing big two books, if um, if Wade has the cachet he used to have. Um, I know, which is why I enjoy. Stories like World's Finest because he can have fun. He knows the history and and he knows the characters and he can just do his thing without worrying about whether or not it's going to tie into whatever the latest crisis there may be looming. But um, that may also play into Jason's wondering if uh, the series, the title is long for this world, because I don't know if I'd like to think he is, but I don't know if Wade is strong enough to keep a book going on his own like that. I mean last time I think we, we we did get the Avengers with him with with Mahmoud, and then with Del Mundo and um that lasted for as long as it did. But um the I know I talked about Dark Knights of Steel recently and I, I just read issue seven. Um and it made me think of things that I didn't touch on last time. First of all, number seven is illustrated by Nathan Gooden of barbaric fame. And it, it's extremely fitting for him to draw a fill in issue on this series, because again, there's swords involved. There's a dragon because the Titans appear in this issue. And of course, beast boy gets to play dragon. And, uh, it really is fitting for this artist to do an issue of this series. and, and, when I mentioned last time that uh kind of tweaking um the characters somewhat because I find or I found I still feel that uh el is, is acting a bit out of character in this particular setting. Um we're definitely getting all of the traditional or familiar um tropes of characters that we're used to with the DC universe, because once when, um, when Cal tries to take Batman or Prince Wayne off the board, um, thinking the bat prince is left for dead, uh, he's actually found by uh, two elderly folks who look an awful lot like the two elderly folks, the two older folks that uh, found a rocket ship in a Kansas farm field years ago. So we're getting, they still get to play force to Parents, uh, although just to the other side of that coin. Um, and as we're getting... Everybody pretty well, at least the main character seem to be um, doing 180s because Cal is not how he appears. Cal currently is not how he appeared early on in the series. And the same thing with Bruce, because he was. He he did not care for Metis and, and he would just, you know, round up and in prison anybody with powers and, um, and of course now he gets to kind of play hypocrite because turns out he has powers and um, it's just, it's, it's interesting seeing this all come to a head with, with, with again, it's just, it's an Elseworlds tale. We're seeing these characters in a different setting and uh, we're not following that's corny, but we're not following their true selves that we're used to seeing there. Taylor is definitely tweaking things here and there, but um, there is a big. Uh, there is a war coming and, and because uh, the, uh, you know, the lightning prince, of course, is. is The, the Black Lightning was in charge of a kingdom um, and, and his family's been attacked and uh the, the amazons are going to get involved and Ra's al Ghul is um he's he wants a prize and he basically wants the titans as uh as as uh, that's his goal and Constantine is here and and Raish also um plays double duty because he turns into another character that uh is actually quite fitting for this uh, for this setting, but again, it it, it wasn't what I was expecting, and, and and it was a neat little twist. And I think I, I just I, I like when Taylor can have fun with things like this, which um, he has in the past with with other um, offshoots and non continuity type stories. But uh, yeah, I just think um, it's uh, we've got uh, a few issues left in this 12 issue series, but uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure we're we're ramping up to to the uh to the climax slowly, but it hasn't it, it doesn't even feel like anything's really been padded out. It it has moved at a really solid clip. Um again, even even you get the uh the occasional fill-ins we had Bengal come in on on issue four, Gooden now on issue seven. For the most part, you know, it's it's been yeah, some in Putri on, on the entire series, uh minus these two issues so far, but um it's been really, really, um, enjoyable and entertaining and, and, uh, we'll see how it ends. I could see myself double dipping, especially if it's a hardcover, um, to seeing how it, how it comes out. I don't know if this is, I, I kind of hope that it doesn't, um, become a, a series of limited series of, of its setness. I kind of want this to just kind of be its own thing. Just, just all twelve issues, just tell the one story and, and that's it. Um, because I don't want them to kind of just, you know, pour out the concept and, and, and beat it into glue. I just, I, I just think it's really, uh, because I don't know how the characters are going to react or behave or, or, or who actually you can trust. Um, I, I really am looking forward to, to each issue because I don't know what's going to happen. I may think, you know, this is how a character should act or behave, and based on other things, but or based on my experience with them and my history, but obviously, um, you know, there are one or two characters that kind of stay true the the, the background characters, the supporting characters. Um, now, Harley is here, and and she's, of course, flirting with Ivy, and, and Ivy is um, very smitten with her, and that's. That, that doesn't seem to be anything that that's going to change anytime soon regardless of of the setting uh their stories take place but it's um it's just been it's it's been a lot of fun and it and and all of the artists the Bengal and and, and Gooden, they both complement each very well it's uh so it it visually it works um but yeah seeing seeing these characters and, and everybody pretty much is um you know who they are in, in the modern day books, you know, when you see, when you see the Titans or you see Constantine or, or you see, um, other characters appear, they still have the same power set, but again, like with Rache and, uh, and like with, uh, with the the, quote unquote, the Joker character and whether or not, um, there was a, uh, a green flame involved with, with his presence. And when he, uh, when he murdered um, Bruce's parents, uh, obviously there was something extra there. But it's been it's it all just it all just works. Taylor seems to be enjoying himself with this series, and and uh, and it shows. And, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, I just um, I'm kind of I'm 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 content in because you know, I'm not reading Justice League at the moment um i have no idea what the hell's going on with whatever crisis is happening right now um no idea what's what's going on with the titans or um really any of the justice league characters aside from you know what i'm the little corner i'm reading whether it's this world's finest or deathstroke or um the milestones that i'm just I'm, i'm i'm content with 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 what I've carved out so far, but dark nights of steel is, um, I might, I, I might be sad in, uh, in a few months when, when it wraps up, but, uh, but so far, man, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it a lot. I definitely, um, would recommend that. I think there's going to be, I think in the latest previews, I saw the, the latest connect. There's a, um, there's a one shot, I think dealing with, um, the Robins or something to do with Prince Wayne's, um, section of uh of the kingdom and that's cool i don't mind i yeah something like that that kind of just um uh, add some depth to what we've gotten so far um and kind of just embellishes on on uh the little legend that they're establishing with it um i'm here for i'm all about it so yeah i i just think it's it's been a really it's been a really fun ride because it doesn't it, you don't have to it, it's like the vampires are deceased it's like you know it's just it's it's its own thing and, and and i'm digging it a lot
1: yeah i was gonna you just took the words out of my mouth that's how i feel about the dc versus vampires this has been a super fun ride uh you know i guess the older i get i just i really do have a much greater affinity for non-continuity stories featuring mm-hmm. these characters which is not to say i don't like continuity i just gushed about the x-men but i but i just think that uh you know, just just being able to tell a story where you can have any, you still have the at least the, uh, the the dangling carrot of something happening consequential that you wouldn't see in continuity, or unexpected uh, is is fun. You know, it's just you, you just you 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 go in with with less certainty about how things are going to end up,
0: and you can really only kind of tell these stories with characters that have been around for decades. Because yeah, you do know what yeah. they
1: can do. That's true. It does build off the right. That that's fair too. Right. It it isn't the lack of continuity. It's that uh it does it, it, there's sort of this the balancing act of playing with the characters resonating to us in the way that makes us love the nostalgic for them yeah but with plot developments where we can be surprised because we don't have to worry that it like could never happen because they're too important right. Yeah. so that's, that's a good point yeah
0: I think, actually, Vince, I think you would dig it. I, I, I think if we could find the issues uh, on the cheap or whatever, the trade might be offered for that. I, I, I think you might dig Dark Knights of Steel. I haven't seen a map yet, but that's not to say. Oh, transgress. Actually, you know what? Maybe maybe, in the first issue, if they did break down the kingdom, I'll have to look.
2: If, and if there was a map, I would be far more willing to read it. But without the map, I'm done. I'll see if there's a map. I'll make a map. I'll make a map. Oh, nice. <laughs> Who did this? Map, it's in map in, of the Philippines? It's in crayon. It's, Who did, it's see, in, in one crayon. went wholesome, the other went disgusting, and right. it's atypical. What's disgusting about, about the Philippines? Some of our best <laughs> listeners are from the Philippines. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get extremely self-indulgent. Okay. Oh. Everything about this book is self-indulgent. It is a 600-page is it a Zappa biography? Six hundred-page Zappa biography? No, this is not that big. <laughs> there you go. I yeah, uh, but it is it is a historical account of a singular topic, and the the people that were instrumental in bringing this thing to uh, to light. the uh, The book is called "The Men Who Created Gundam," and I'll be totally honest: if you have no affinity for mobile suit gundam even if even if you are are like aware of its existence but have no attraction to it at all this is definitely not the book for you because it is about nothing but mobile suit gundam and not the fictional narrative of mobile suit gundam it is about the road to getting gundam on tv and the cultural explosion uh, that uh, occurred in its wake. That's what this book is about. And again, self-indulgent, one of the creators of this book is one of the characters in said book. Be- is this the-
1: prose or a comic?
2: No, it's a manga. Oh, uh, cool. Okay. There, there are, there are there's some prose in it after maybe two or three chapters. Mm-hmm. There are historical um, uh, pieces based on what you ha- have just read like they'll flesh out oh the Zaku was created on this you know what i mean like um it it goes a little further than the the sequentials but there so there there is prose in it um it's a massive book so the men who created Gundam was created by these men uh Hideki Ohada, uh Hajime Yatate and one of the the principal players in the story itself, Yoshiyuki Tomino. Now, who the hell you're asking is Yoshiyuki Tomino. Well, he is a director. And prior to uh Mobile Suit Gundam, I would give him props for Brave Raideen, one of the shogun warriors. He directed a bunch of uh that um Ongoing show, but his claim to fame is Mobile Suit Gundam and uh, Tomio. Tomino, eh, Tomio. He probably Mm -hmm. would very much enjoy me saying that. But uh, Tomino is um, how do I put this? He's extreme in every respect. Um, Every sentence is not is a proclamation. Every um thing he touches is the greatest thing in that whatever arena he's playing in he's he's bombastic he's a bit like stan lee right um the character visually is part grant morrison part hunter s thompson and um spider jerusalem like he's just so freaking animated um, and since he wrote the book, I'm guessing that there may be some embellishment going on here because um, he he he's doing Mobile Suit Gundam for um, Sunrise, Nippon Sunrise, and he has a production assistant named Momoe, and she's cute, and he frequently lifts up her skirt to look at her panties, mm-hmm. and grabs her boobs. Um, So he's definitely in that take my wife, please, old school kind of, but the thing about him is, and yes, that, that's not, I, it's not cool to do things like that, but the thing about um, Tomino is that he somehow, for all his, his, his faults, he somehow generates mountains of respect out of the people under his, that work for him. Like you would think this, uh, you know, would today, she'd be down at HR in a second, filling out the forms, but she gives him what for in, in response. Like he grabs her boobs and she punches him in the face. So it's, it's, I don't, I'm not legitimizing it, but he's definitely cut from a, uh, a cloth of of man very much left in the past let's just say, uh, hopefully, but he's brilliant because he knows that the thing on which he's working is going to change the world, and it did y- You cannot say that mobile suit Gundam did not change the world of anime of uh um sequential sci-fi television shows or not sequential but um uh weekly or, or or you know they changed the way the things were done because heretofore tv shows at least in japan existed and in america you can argue existed for what to to sell toys and the thing about um tomino was he was adamant i am not going to work on a show that exists for the sole reason of selling toys. That's the irony of the situation, right? Because if there's one anime that is responsible for mountains of plastic, it's mobile suit Gundam, right? But initially he did it. He wanted to do a very hard sci-fi and, and right above the uh, sponsors, the target age of uh you know the people they were shooting for. So and he did. but one of the things that, that you learn in this book, it was not a success initially. It was actually a pathetic. Um his his viewer share was extremely low and he pushed on and he he uh he's extre- like I said he's extremely hard on the uh the people that create for him uh for an, for example the book starts off with a couple of voice actors that are famous for their roles and um the first is Toru Furuya and he is the voice of Amuro Ray very important character in Mobile Suit Gundam right this is a star so the the kid is in the recording booth um and he's going through his lines and it's something along the lines of oh my father never hit me like that or whatever and um Tomino's listening. He's like, yeah, "It's all right, you know, it's okay." And he's trying to get this performance out of this kid, and the kid's just not going that extra distance. So he wa- he he storms into the recording booth and punches Furuya in the face. Just hauls off and punches him in the face, and does it again. And because of the violence that um, Tomino perpetuates on this kid he finds it within himself to deliver the performance that they needed for this scene does that make it okay um that's not a question for me to answer right i have a an opinion on it uh the art will survive everyone involved so uh yeah it was okay but was it right Your take maybe different uh i'm sure it is but it's, and then there's a um, a rivalry among the voice actors because uh feruya while he was delivering his performance for uh amuro ray this guy is drunk off his ass he staggers into the recording booth and he's he's auditioning for the uh amuro ray part as well and he fucks it up totally he, not even close and he's cuz he's drunk off his ass and he grabs the script at one point, and he, he's, he's throwing, you know, language and obscenities at, at Furuya. And he, he looks at the script, and he stops dead. And he suddenly, he seems to suddenly sober. And he walks into the, the recording booth, and he's like, I'm auditioning for this part, and I'm going to get it. And it was the character of Shar. Another very, very, very important character in the annals of Mobile Suit Gundam. But uh, there's a really neat passage where he's auditioning, once drunk, like seconds ago, was completely inebriated. Now he's uh, perfectly fine. And he delivers the performance, and the recording engineer sees him as the character of Char. It's really well done. And if you're a fan of Mobile Suit Gundam, it'll give you goosebumps. Right? Right? But anyway, so uh, who are the principal players in this book? Uh, The director, Yoshiyuki Tomino, right? That's the big guy. His was the vision for Mobile Suit Gundam. But he couldn't visualize it without the artist. And the artist was Yoshikazu Yasuhiko, very revered artist, immensely so. But the mecha designer, the mechanical design was Kunio Okawara, and they, the, the story um, dovetails, uh, there, there are passages about the lack of viewer support, and the sponsors are going to pull the plug, and they eventually do. The, the Mobile Suit Gundam was canceled, but um, Tomino was very smart, and he got um, friendly with the editor-in-chief of an anime fan mag- magazine, uh the guy's name is uh Nobu komaki like he got friendly with this editor-in-chief and once this guy saw the first episode of mobile suit gundam he was over the moon And he's like S- stop we're going to devote our covers to mobile suit gundam every issue and the fan mail was immense even though the 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 numbers for the television show weren't great the fan popularity kept growing and building and mounting with every episode. Um, so when they pulled the plug, uh, Tomino had some leverage to go to the sponsor and say, look, the, the toys are selling. The fan response is gigantic. I want to make a movie. That was his, his goal, was to make a movie. Not just one, but a trilogy. And so at this point, he had the clout and uh they're like yeah whatever you know we'll you know you make your 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 movie and we'll see what happens and uh tomino's like well here's what's gonna happen i'm telling you the response is going to be unlike you've ever seen and you're going to owe me and when when i when i turn out to be right i'll tell you what i want see he kept the trilogy in his back pocket and so unheard of in japan they sold advanced tickets for the Mobile Suit Gundam movie. And there were people in line for hours and hours and hours, and the, the executives were looking and like, what is this? What movie's doing so well? And they're just like, well, it's not playing today. It's They're selling tickets for this Gundam thing. And they're like, what? We just sold a 100,000 tickets for a movie that's not even showing that? Like, that was totally unheard of in Japan at the time. So it gave, again, it gave Tomino the clout to go to the sponsor and, like, here's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. But I'm, I'm going a little bit long-winded on this. It, if Again, like, if you have no interest in Gundam, just disregard everything I've just said <laughs> because that's all this book is about. It is the history of Mobile Suit Gundam, up to a certain point, naturally. It's, it's the, the baby steps that led to its becoming a cultural phenomenon. It's an awesome book. It's the best thing I read this week, Jason.
1: Wow. Wow, that's bi- that's big talk.
2: It's from Denpa. I don't I didn't uh mention the publisher. But it's uh dollars for 600 pages. Wow.
1: Yeah. I love me some Gundam, so this sounds interesting. <clears throat> I'm not <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not sure it would be like I would to be in the right mood to to dive into it given that this- kind of a more
2: of a historical tone, but it does sound good but i do think it's embellished because yeah yeah yeah, there there are some scenes that are so over the top like sure sure. uh misogynistic uh, the, uh, the director yeah i guess you could say that he does have a penchant for the the softer bits of the female form uh, but it's not constant. I'll say we all. It's not constant. Like he does it. I'm not trying to explain away what the guy did. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 since he is the writer of or one of the writers on this thing, I'm mm. guessing that it did happen. Or maybe he's just trying to Paul Bunyan himself and invent this character that never existed. But he one he wished had existed. You know what I mean? It, 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 when you're when you're steering the ship you go where you want to go so if if this is the image of himself he wants seen by th- you know the, the readers of his legacy which is what Mobile suit gundam is I, I don't know it could be whatever but but there's like i said he he totally uh mangles the people that work for him pushes them far too hard uh the the artist uh, Yasuhiko, this guy uh, would do 1,000 keyframes a month. That, that's what your average top-level animator would produce, 1,000 keyframes a month. Uh, your, your average guys do 800. Your really good guys do 1,000 keyframes a month. Yasuhiko did 2,000 keyframes a month. And it put it put him in the hospital. Ooh, yeah, his health declined to the point where they they just show blood just spurting out of his his nose and mouth, and and he had to be taken off the project for a certain period of time, and then you know shit flows downhill, so the rest of the production artists had to pick up the slack, and others are brought in, but it, they they made their deadlines. And the 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 person cracking the whip, Tomino, again, could be seen as both hero and villain of this tale. But it's all in here. Go get it. Uh, the men who created Gundam loved it. Every freaking page. Uh, loved all the text. Uh, it just shows you what happens when creative people embrace fandom, the fandom press. Because mm-hmm. Mobile Suit Gundam would never have caught on like it did if it wasn't for the 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 outcry of the, the fan publications. And the, you know, 20 and 30-some-year-old guys that were buying every single iteration of the Mobile Suit <laughs> that was coming out. So, yeah, it's a great book. You'll learn something. I, I sure did. That's great.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, it sounds pretty good.
2: Yeah. It's fun. I, I, With a little bit of tightening, I think there's a movie in it. Right? Yeah. So there you go. What else?
0: I decided to um pull something off the shelf and um, since... I have three volumes sitting here and the fourth is on its way. Um, so I finally read volume one of a blazes, uh, the Sumerian. And, uh, cause I, I, I did read, um, queen of the black coast. I, I know we all talked about the first issue when that came out and, um, and I guess I didn't read the second. So I finished that story and then, um, red red nails and i I know we've discussed these books it's just something we just i'm I'm just finally catching up on but um this is my um ignorance as far as the uh the stories but um so Belit doesn't make it out of the first story no but she is a character that has appeared in... So did she die in this story, in, in, in Howard's stories? And they've just... And, and like Thomas and people just decided to keep her around in the comics?
2: They, yes, they ran with it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay, so they're probably will not... So since they're just adapting Howard's stories, we're, we're probably not going to get another Belit story.
2: No. Okay.
0: Um, and we've, all, we, we, we've We've discussed... The art on both i did like the art. i mean I, I i dug the art on the first story obviously um the uh the uh Allery's art was I, I i like his version of conan i like the cartoony aspect of some of the characters um but the uh um cassegrain's art in in red nails i there's just there's something about his uh his figure work that obviously it, it, it screams European, but I just I I like Valeria, I, I like the uh the the inhabitants of the walled in city. Um the story wasn't something that was you know not knocked me on my ass, but I, I just I, I I I enjoyed the pacing of it. I, I I think the storytelling in Red Nails was um because it was more deliberate. It wasn't as um you didn't have obviously the lush visuals of the jungle and the swamps that that uh, the Black Coast story had, um, but again, it, it's if if you're not familiar with Conan, you're definitely going to be one uh, by the time you read at least this first volume, um, and and I, you know, props to to Thomas and and Busick and everybody else who's ever written Conan for for any publisher. It's the character pretty much stays the same. You really can't screw up Conan, I guess. I agree with that. I mean, I haven't read... I, I didn't read anybody past Jason Aaron's. I did, so, so I didn't read uh, Jim's Up, right? I didn't, I didn't read his stuff. So I, I'm sure there have been people who kind of fumbled with the character, but I, it, it, it Conan seems kind of foolproof to me. I don't... You, you kind of have to really... I, I, I think you'd have to work hard at kind of screwing up with Conan's story, or at least putting him in a situation where uh, it doesn't feel like a Conan story.
2: I kind of lied to you. Oh? Yeah, uh, because I don't want you to read it, because it's absolute garbage. Oh, okay. But... Uh, a blaze is currently publishing a belete and valeria yes book. yeah which I'm it not. is don't even open the cover i was it it's a it's a vomitorium without a drain it's hot it's, it's, trash it's That's terrible amazing yes it's terrible
0: <laughs> I, i've seen a solicitor yeah i know and i think it came out i think the first or second issue came out this week or something but yeah, yeah no. i'm not i wasn't going to check it out because I, I i view that as um as 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 dynamite just running with all there, like 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 teaming up yeah. Deja Thoris with with you know redsonian and Vampirella It's like okay, you're just obviously. That's okay, just, you know, <laughs> it's okay it, though. Yes, I'm sure it is okay, but it, you are obviously just catering to the people who just want to see uh-huh. those characters, and I'm sure I, I I I don't even know if the art looks good in the Valerian mm-hmm. book. But no. I mean, is that did they? Is that based on any Howard story, or are they no, just decided
2: to do? Okay, it's garbage. Don't even read it. And uh-huh. I I almost never I don't like to call art garbage sure this book makes the gods cry it's that bad that's amazing yeah right jason that it's it's
1: uh yeah well yeah we don't need to pile on yeah okay it's no i'm saying it's bad i agree with you it's bad it's bad yeah so
0: did you guys check it out just because of your appreciation of source material
1: sure 100%. 100%. Yeah, I, I love Belit. Uh, and and like, you, like you've like you said and we've said, that, that I think they've done a nice job with the with the Conan license. Um, till now. Well, no, as right. As, no, as long no, as they're
0: no, like adapting the Howard sure. stuff. Yeah,
1: like yeah, yeah. So, so I figured, okay, I mean, maybe this would be a fun, you know, Belit's sexy and she's a good character and sure, badass. Yeah. So, no, I, yeah, I gave the first issue a try and just, ah, pass, you know, it reminded me of a Dynamite comic. Mm-hmm. I'm not throwing shade on dynamite. I have something. That's how
0: I saw the solicit. That's exactly how I saw the solicit. Yeah,
2: but there is something really special about the uh, the craftsmanship behind the Conan stories that Ablaze have published in these hardcovers. Yeah, they're 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 very very well done. And again, I I mean, it's it's hard not to repeat this. But when when you look over your shoulder and you got guys like Big John Basima, Barry Windsor Smith alfredo alcala like staring at you you're going to be a little hesitant as an illustrator like with that kind of uh uh, what's the word i'm looking for they're gods right but with those kind of visual stylists in the past who have touched conan it it makes you a little bit reluctant to unzip right but the guys that are, gals that are working for, or that have produced stories that Ablaze has reprinted are pretty much up to task. That's what really struck me initially. I mean, the stories are good, but the visuals are really, really exceptional. And I yeah. was like, well, how does this happen? Because there's 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 a huge mountain to climb when you're dealing with Conan, right?
0: There is, yeah. I'm glad I I'm I'm glad I finally oh Vin, I, I'm going to read the second volume soon. Um yeah, I think uh and I think the the hardcovers are definitely a way to go with this. At least I mean, I'm glad the issues are out so people can check it out and, and, and just read the particular stories that they want to read. But um Yeah. But I like the packaging on the hardcovers.
2: It's mm-hmm. great great that they put the prose in there with the, yes. the the sequentials. That's a smart, smart idea because um any way uh, these old tales can get some traction and and some, um, just to root them to to, uh, pop culture. Because it's easy to, you know, kids would be just like, oh yeah, Conan. Uh, I love me some Conan. But yes, have you read the stories from which all these wonderful comics are adapted? Well, you should. You should, yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, uh, if we have no other comic business, I'm just going to put her in reverse and we'll back it into the garage. Sound good? Oh, shit. Sunky, Well, hey, thank you for being here with us one more time. It's all because of our patrons. They make it possible. Patreon.com slash 11 o'clock comics. No apostrophe, one, one in there. Uh, remember, the feed gives you audio, video, Uh, polls, ways in which your voice can be heard, and it spills over into the dedicated Slack channel, all that and more uh, camaraderie. And I didn't mention this before, but when uh, I wanted to, when uh, Jason brought up the five deadly venoms, that uh, what we're doing, what we're going to do is we did it once or maybe twice and it was fun but it, i think it was, it was during the pandemic where we had the 11 o'clock comics uh movie night where we get on a, a streaming platform and we all just watch a movie together
0: mm-hmm.
2: we're bringing that back and uh don't worry the movies will be public domain and just so we can all have fun and be with each other and which leads to more fun and and lots and lots of fun memories, so you can get all that if you just jump on the patreon patreon dot com slash eleven o'clock comics just check us out
0: oh uh, while we have you here we will might as we might as well announce july's book of the month yep uh continuing on our um Infatuation with Tilly Walden. We are going to. Well, Vince and I are finally going to read. It. Jason's going to revisit uh, on a sunbeam. Yeah. So that is uh, is your book Oh, the month for July. Uh, meeting was had and uh, all said I. And there you have it.
1: I call have me, the Tilly. call me. I have the book already. Look at you. Yep. That's great. It is
0: not a small book.
1: No, it is it is not. You you guys picked a big one for this one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
2: Hey, if I can read 600 pages of Gundam for a regular episode, I can read 500 and some pages of Tilly Walden for a book of the month. It's true. You Damn, can. skippy, baby. Yeah. I have faith. So there you go. On a sunbeam, Tilly Walden, next book of the month. Uh, And your travels, mm. my, my people. Mm-hmm. I talked about this the first issue of this uh, series when it came out. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but uh, I, I, we brought it up last week when um, a piece of art uh, imparts joy for no other reason. Well, I don't want to say no other reason, but the, the main reason uh, a piece of art imparts joy is uh, solely, again... I don't want to use that. It it looks great. It's an art object. Art objects give me great joy. And this is one of those. This is an art object called Frankenrocker and, and the Jailbait Punks number two of four. Um, the cover is a pastiche of the Cramps, uh, the art for the Cramps, Bad Music for Bad People album. Uh, and so you've won my heart from the get-go, right? Uh the uh, the story's moving very slowly. Uh, I, I summarized it uh, briefly. The Frankenrocker and, and his bandmates are whisked away to um, an alien uh, planet in order to help them uh, conquer an invading uh, force. That's it. That's the whole crux of the story here and um so in issue one we got to the point where the aliens said hey we need your help in issue two frankie and the band are on the planet and they're just deciding how to take out these reptoids and they engage the reptoids at one point and there are uh at the end there is a giant uh reptoid but it, the the selling point for me the story's fun it's it's not novel but the selling point is Lucas Kowalczyk's art uh, this guy is really great uh, totally in the punk aesthetic uh, that's a good thing uh, he he's uh, a kindred spirit to Adam Falp. Mm. yeah okay. um, but Kowalczyk is is a bit more on the refined side, which is laughable when you, when you talk about the, the DIY punk aesthetic. But uh, I could see the Kirby influences in some of this. And it's just wonderful. Uh, there better be a vinyl figure of Frank and Rocker in my future. Because <laughs> if, if not, then it, it, there's no justice in the world. But I think this book is great. It's from Bad Kids Press, uh, written again, by uh, Raul Torres, with art by Lucas Kowalczyk. It's um, super th- stiff um, cardstock covers, great weighty paper for the art, and it's it's independent comics for independent people, which is is really smart to do a pastiche of the Cramps' "Bad Music for Bad People" album. Like it's conceptually, they dovetailed. It's in the zone, right? So there's all good kinds of mojo. It's magic with a K. Just get it. Frankenrocker and in the Jailbait Punks, number two. Very cool. I like it a lot. It's a lot of fun. Not to be confused
1: with Chief Rocker.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: why are you going to he <laughs> can shut his brain down.
2: I mean, we we're talking rap earlier. I figured we'd go back. Uh,
0: yeah, I know. Yeah, but but guys, I don't. Yeah.
2: I, that, that doesn't register. Sorry.
0: We still love you. If any beats knows about the chief rock. I don't know about that. Maybe. Nah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am uh, just trying to, as as I just did with the uh, blazes Sumerian. I am. Um, just, trying to whittle down some of these piles and stacks and and things are just sitting around that, that, that need to be read so I can move on to other things. Um, so I'm making my way through, um, Deathstroke Inc because I need to get current so I can sit down and finally read that whole, um, Shadow War, uh, event that crossed over with, um, the Batman title and and the Robin title. So, uh, um, it, Williamson it, it, written by, um, by Joshua Williamson art by Howard Porter on these three issues. Um, actually no on three and four, um, Paolo, uh, Pantolino came in on the fifth issue. Um, and it's comparable, no Porter, but it is, it's, it's, it's in that same vein. Porter is, uh, this isn't the Howard Porter that that drew Underworld Unleashed or Morrison's JLA. It's, uh, it, it's more or less the Porter that was drawing Scooby Apocalypse. Uh, and uh, there's this whole subplot with uh, Slade and Black Canary are working for TRUST, which is an acronym. Uh, TRUST is having them hunt down bad guys and and they're doing it but uh trust has isn't uh, so upfront. Uh, can't really trust my guess but it's one of those things where uh there's a mystery and and you know slade is smart enough to know that something doesn't quite line up right uh black canary is there on behalf of uh of Oracle because she's basically kind of working undercover, but maybe Slate is also, and uh, can they work together? Is is they're kind of trying to feeling it out, but the third issue kind of um, dealt with uh, the Queen of Fables because Slate had to go hunt down Sheeta, who's kind of um, the ruler of Chitara, and um, when when that's over, and and and. Slade finishes that, um, that mission, then he, uh, he kind of is going to go after Black Canary, but they end up having a, uh, a face to face where they kind of come clean more or less. Uh, but then there's a whole, um, secret evil society that, uh, that appears that may have been pulling the strings, uh, Trust. There's there's an old throwback to um, to the villain Libra, and they. I mean, and in this society here, um, you've got Count Vertigo, Monocle, Phobia, Doctor Moon, Doctor Destiny, the Calculator, Deadline, Prometheus. Speaking of JLA, Tattooed Man, Shrapnel, um, Body Doubles, the New Toy Man, and it's it's a weird group, um, but fitting for, for, for this book. Um, they referenced the Legion of Doom, which of course was, you know, Luther, Grad, Cheetah, Black Manta, Joker, and Sinestro. And it, it, it touched on a lot of little things that that I dig about, about some old DC characters, but um, it is a different Deathstroke book than anything that, uh, that I've read, whether you, it, it, the more recent Priest run or even the older um, Wolfman erwin um deathstroke book that spun out of the titans back in the 90s um and the fifth issue looks to be uh well the fifth issue ends with slade sitting on a throne and and basically kind of uh calling himself more or less the king of supervillains and i i really need to read the sixth issue now to see where it's going but like i said i just want to get current so i can um Get through the shadow war event and, and and see where things go with the title from there um but yeah i uh it's it's one of those that uh, i'm not going to say because vince hates the phrase but it is one of those things where you know i just i kick back and i can kind of just turn my brain off and just you know, watch deathstroke be deathstroke and um and it's 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 a little weird because like i said you know one issue he's in a fairy tale taking on a princess it's 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 just not your traditional death stroke story but um williamson seems to be having fun porter seems to be having a blast drawing everything so um i'm um i'm digging it i'm glad that uh that uh it's a very colorful and vibrant deathstroke book which may be weird but it's um it 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 seems to work in this instance so yeah in your travels
1: Deathstroke Inc. Respect. Um, I have a, a quick uh, nay, and then I'll give you a yay for my inner travels. Because uh, you know, listen, we're people helping people, and I want to make sure that uh, I. Uh, you know, sometimes we do things so you don't have to, and uh, and that's very much the case with uh, Star Wars: The Mandalorian number one, um, which uh, came out from uh, from little company called Marvel comics this week. Uh, it was rough, like with a capital R dude. It was, uh, like I, I haven't been reading the the star Wars books much at all. Um, but I very much like many of us enjoyed the Mandalorian series so much. I thought, Oh, this could be a fun way to jump into the, to the comics. Uh, if you give me a Mandalorian comic, um, but, yeah, I mean, this this ain't it. It ain't it. Um, there was a time when, when George Genty was an artist I enjoyed, um, certainly when he was doing Buffy. I seem to recall. I remember him fondly. But I don't know what happened to that George Genty, because this was some really, in my opinion, rough artwork. I mean, it, 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 it did not look up to the standard that one would assume of a Marvel book. Um, and, and if you're going to give me basic AF art, then, then it, it, the story has to be absolutely killer. And I, maybe I should have assumed this Dap. I'm curious. Like I didn't realize this is just a retelling of the TV show. I, I didn't realize that maybe I should have realized that, but I, I, I thought this was going to be more stories featuring the Mandalorian, but this first issue was essentially the first episode of the TV show. And wow. That was rough for me because the art already had me side eyeing it, and then as I'm reading it along, I'm like, wait a minute, and I'm like, uh oh, and and sure enough, you know, you get, you get, spoilers for those times, you know, you get Grogu and you know, you get the whole. It's like, uh oh, oh okay, and it's like, so yeah, so just hard pass on this one. I I know a lot of people are pretty excited about it too, um, based on our our feedback on the forum and the Facebook group. So, I, 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 for 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 what it's worth on my end, I thought it was a big whiff. Um, and I will not be continuing on. Um, but, uh, but I don't want to go out on a low note. So I will say in your travels, check out the lonesome hunters. Number one, um, dark horse, it's written and drawn by Tyler Crook. Um, I have come to be a, a massive fan of Tyler Cook's artwork in recent years. Um, he not only renders his pages, he draws and inks them, but he also colors his page, his own pages. Um, now his color style is much different than than like what Vince was praising earlier with Hayden. It's it's a much more conventional palette. Actually very soft. He does a lot of pastels, very soft colors. But the color the, the pages are just drop dead gorgeous. I, I own a few um uh pages of his art from his uh Black Hammer his Black Hammer stuff. And it's just I mean the pages are just just gobsmackingly beautiful because the because of the colors on there. Um so, you know it's certainly his his long run on Harrow county, so I've just been been a fan of his work, and he generally deals in the supernatural realms right like that's that's what he's kind of become known for, whether that's just a genre that he adores or it's just because that's where he's ended up collaborating with writers. but this is a foray where he's writing the book too, and um I dug it you know i you never know with it with an artist who who makes the transition to writing for themselves and uh we're only one issue in, but I, I think he's off to an auspicious start. The premise is pretty simple. Uh, there, there is um, – the protagonist is uh, – when we first meet him, he's a young man who, who is, um, uh, I'd say, early teens. His father and a band of other grown men who are part of a religious – not a cult, but they're, um, they're highly conservative – Christians, and they are looking to put down a an occult group who are uh, practicing dark arts. And for whatever reason, the son, its whether it's his, his rite of passage, or it's just his time, or there's something more to him, the dad gives the son uh, a sword. And the sword is a big oversized sword. It looks a lot like the way people draw um, magic's sword now in Marvel. You know, like that gigantic, mm. almost rectangular type of Oversized manga Final Fantasy type of a sword, but but anyway, the, the dad gives the son the sword, and and the sword apparently is supposed to be uh, mystical and, and able to, to 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 fend the occult and dark creatures and the like. And says, son, you know, the, you're you're a warrior now, and you have to vanquish these 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 dark ne'er do wells. Um, but the kid panics in the moment. And and the, the the mission goes goes tits up and, and things don't go well. And uh and he finds himself the sole survivor. His dad, all the other people that he was with are killed, along with the 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 occult group, but but he's basically the sole survivor. Um and because of that, um he, he even though he's he's kind of last man standing and he has the sword, he's just like, Fuck it, I'm I I want nothing to do with this. And then the book fast forwards to, it doesn't give us a time, but I'm guessing probably sixty years or so. Um, and and now our protagonist is an older gentleman just living a relatively mundane life, um nondescript, and uh hasn't hasn't dove into that world in decades. But uh, as you can imagine, because it wouldn't be a very interesting comic otherwise. Uh, things happen which pull him back into this world as an old man and uh and and that's kind of where the first issue builds us to and then sets up that that clearly he's 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 whether he's he can no longer avoid his his station in life and using the sword and his 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 position to uh to to fight to fight uh these these demons and uh, and that's he and it's all brought up by a uh an interaction he has with a a a, a young woman um who lives in the same building as he does. And uh, she too has some kind of um, connection to the occult, although I don't think she's as conscious of it yet. Um, but clearly she has a, she's in possession of an item, which which I'm guessing has to have some importance to the story as we go along. But I don't think she quite realizes it yet. Um, but uh, it sets up an interesting kind of like buddy cop dynamic between two very unlikely heroes, uh, a young a young woman who knows nothing about the occult and an old man who. Uh, has has fought for for half a century against his 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 divine calling, uh, have to now fight these uh, these these uh, these demonic baddies and um, all rendered in in Crook's inevitable uh, in you know in, in uh, indistinguishable way. So so I, I thought it was great, and uh, I, I really think that uh, I always get a big smile on my face when I see an artist I like um, taking the leap into telling their own stories and pulling it off. So hopefully. The quality we saw in this first issue continues apace in the rest of the miniseries, and uh, and it it starts a new chapter in his career. So uh, so so if you're into dark horse occult books, any of the Mignola stuff, any of the, the you know any any of that ilk, any of the, the Cullen Bunn Harrow County vibe, if you're into any of that, um, then you will absolutely enjoy the Lonesome Hunters. It looks great. Oh, he's amazing.
2: He's yeah. amazing. I he- like the flashback sequences with the the limited palette with the yellows and the yeah yeah and the thing in the fire like that's creepy as af so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i thought this issue was really good nice going back
0: to the um mandalorian i wonder if that's i mean obviously it's deliberate but i wonder if it's also a nod or a call back to uh like star wars number 1 the first few issues were an adaptation yeah. of the movie and then because they didn't know where they were going after that and lucas didn't tell them what the next movie was about they kind of just they, they were winging it but I wonder if maybe once the, I don't know if they're going to do so was it the entire first episode or was it the first like the first half of the episode and Oh, the
1: I, I don't quite remember but it's like I mean because I don't, I don't remember the pacing of the episodes but but basically the the issue culminates with him taking on you know the credits he takes on the job right and then he shows up and it's the it's the stormtroopers and, and you know he's like what the fuck's going on here? And then, and next thing you know is he's he's got Grogu's, you know. Obviously. Okay,
0: so yeah. it's. I wonder if if they're going to maybe do like it, it'd be weird if the first ten, eight, or ten episodes were the first uh, the, the issues were were retelling of each episode, or if they're going to like maybe just maybe they're doing the first episode and then the I, but they they can't they can't end with him with, with Grogu's little hand and then. You know, right? right. So it's, it's,
1: the, the fact that so this, this culminated in him opening up the little capsule and seeing Rogu tells me that that at least for the next bunch of issues, we're going to get we're going to the episodes, right? I mean, because he's going to have to figure out who Rogu is and keep him safe, and yeah. Um, again, like I like, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, I, and may, maybe I, you know, I I tr- I don't generally scrutinize solicits um, for Marvel and DC books intently much anymore because. Mm-hmm. I figure, like, you know, I'd rather – try and keep as much of it as a surprise as possible. So it's entirely possible that this was well telegraphed. I, I, And if it is, and other people that were down for it, like I, – so I, it could just be me not realizing it. But I was completely taken aback. I assumed and, – and I guess maybe it was dumb to assume because why – but but that it would just be either stories from before him meeting Grogu or just, just you know, maybe we'd be – In between just, seasons, but yeah, I – Kind of doing his thing. I mean, yeah. even once so bars like show the scene where he gets the the um the uh the 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 the, the, the is it was it best bar is that what we call the metal is that what it's called yeah Bez- yeah best bar well, best bar where he, where he goes and meets his his uh you know the woman and she melts it Wheel. and she makes it yeah and stuff like they even did all that scene by scene so it was like pretty much like a scene by scene reenactment and and you know to be honest I mean as I mentioned I mean I have definitely seen art from Genti in the past and I enjoyed most yeah. notably Buff- But this was rough. I don't, again, he's, maybe he's getting older. Maybe he's, maybe he rushed. This felt very rushed. It felt very inconsistent panel to panel in terms of the line work. Um, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade on the guy. He seems like a very nice dude. Um, by all means, but like, it just didn't work for me. You know, like the art just was not at a quality where it could make up for basically feel, it felt like, um, uh, storyboards for a show I've already seen, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, I mean, I, you know, like, like the you know, City movie, yeah, like, like you know, with as we, when we were years ago, and we were getting to know Gabriel Hardman, and he would talk to us about doing storyboards. I mean, he he mentioned that he had like all these storyboards for all these movies that he did, and and like it's just not, you know, it's it's even though he creates comics, like the storyboards for him are always much more like shorthand. They weren't necessarily meant to be seen as like a. Just an art form into themselves. They were more like like process work, Mm -hmm. and I I kind of felt like that. I'm like, okay, I mean, I I know it's I know what's happening before I turn the page, but like, you're not giving me, you know, this isn't Olivia quapel drawing it. Then I might be able to be engaged still because I'd be like, oh, I wonder, you know, yeah, just you know, it's a whiff. It is what it is. What What you gonna do? What you gonna do?
2: Nice. Thank you for coming and sitting with us and talking about comics. And we hope we uh educated you in some respects, and well, maybe we made you laugh. So I'll come back next time. Hopefully, we'll have something hot and/or cold waiting for you. Jason will be here. In the meantime, say good night. <sighs> I have nothing with which to make noise. Hmm. I don't. Well, that's that's a lie. But I'm not going to do it because that'll be too loud and distracting. David. Good night. Silly. The dogs were watching the wrestling the other night. Ah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mario gets all wound up when he watches the wrestling, cause he's younger, you know. He thinks he could fly. David, nice. He, fly, he does. I... Come back next time, people. We love you so much. Tell them how much you love them. More than they probably understand. That's a good one. It's true. You've come a long way. Really? I think so. Why? You, you that that implies that like at some point I didn't appreciate our audience. Um, not to the point where you would say openly and freely that you love them. Well, I don't love them all, but... See, you, you gotta <laughs> ruin it. <It's, laughs> yeah, they know who they, they, are. they are.
1: Yeah. <sighs> they know if I love them or not. We're done.
0: <laughs> Go read some comics. That's it for that one.